0: Welcome to another daily devotion. I'm your host once again, El Padre. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 39. Uh, I'm excited about today's section. Uh, it's going to be incredibly controversial, so let's uh, let's just go on with it then. So here we go. Uh starting in verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus, he has inaugurated uh one of the other ways that it, it, it might say opened for us a new and living way through the curtain that is through the flesh uh through his flesh, sorry. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed in pure water. So we're going to pause right there for a moment, uh, because I want you to, to imagine with yourself, you know, you're coming to offer a sacrifice, you're your Jew, you um, you maybe you, you've put your faith in, in christ and you're used to this life of having to come to the priest let the priest offer your sacrifice the priest goes into the the that you know the the holy uh area uh and you're not allowed in there and then he goes into the holy of holies once a year to you know do that sacrifice there and uh, you're used to this process, and the closest you can ever get is just to the priest himself, um, where he will offer your sacrifice. And so, and if you're like not even a Jew, uh, the closest you can get is like usually the outer courts. Um, so, like, if, if you've seen a map of Solomon's Colonnade, like, you know, there's this great big area where you're, you're, You're still, you're restricted even further back, I guess is the point. Uh, But Jesus is saying that through him, through his priestlyhood, you have the ability to boldly enter the Holy of Holies, the sanctuary. You're able to go through the curtain and go into the back, and you're able to look there at the presence of God, uh, and you're able to be near God himself because of this grace Great high priest that we have, and because of the flesh, uh, we get to enter through. He says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Uh, Assurance is one of those wonderful subjects that uh, we don't often uh, get to talk about necessarily, but today we get to talk about it a little bit, that if, if you have been born again, uh, if you have truly uh, surrendered your life to Christ, um, you you know you're you're not you don't have two masters. It's just Jesus. You can have assurance of faith that because I believe in Jesus, I can know I will be saved because I've been given up upon uh, my faith and belief in, in Jesus as the Messiah, my surrendering to His lordship. When that happens, I receive uh, a down payment called the Holy Spirit who comes and lives inside of me. Uh, And that gives me assurance. Uh, You can know your salvation is sure. Um, With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. This is interesting because in order for uh, uh, a priest to be able to come into the Holy of Holies, to offer those sacrifices, he had to first wash himself. In fact, uh, Aaron, the first time he's getting ready to consecrate the whole, uh, the, offer the first sacrifice, they consecrate him by giving him a bath in front of everyone. Um, this is a man who has to be washed totally pure. Uh, and it's important for us to recognize, uh, even then, like right, like on the Day of Atonement, one of the things that they would do is they would sacrifice. And then they would walk through the crowds sprinkling blood from the sacrifice on all the people. Uh, and this is the image that he's sort of uh, conveying to us, that it's Jesus' blood that cleanses us. It's, it's Jesus' water uh, that he shed on the cross for us, right? Because when they pierce this side, there's this water that flows out from him. It's that water which washes us clean. It's his blood that washes us clean. Uh, And so we can be clean. We can approach uh, the throne room of God uh, with confidence because of our assurance that we have that Jesus has made us clean and it's his work that did it. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering. That confession of our hope is saying that we uh, we confess that uh, Jesus is is the Son of God. We believe that He was born of a virgin. We believe that uh, you know He is God, uh, and that because of that, because of, of the work that He did on the cross and resurrection, uh, that we can have eternal life. When we believe in Him, uh, you know John three sixteen says it sort of like. Uh, you know, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That when you put your belief, your your faith, your trust in Jesus, um, you will have eternal life. And so that is the hope that is promised. Now, without wavering. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, so one of the things that's going to come up a lot of times uh, it's, this is brought up by people who are Calvinists and we have very close friends who we believe love Jesus with everything inside of them, who, who love the Lord. Um, but uh, they, they, so they believe something different than the missionary church. The missionary Church subscribes to uh, something that I think is probably close to, closer to something called traditionalism or even like um, the conditional security. Um, so to speak. Um, and so we believe that you have assurance of faith, but the author of Hebrews also says that uh, he, he tells us to hold on to the confession without wavering, um, which means that wavering is, is indeed possible. Uh, and so he's saying, look, uh, hold on to that. Don't give up. Don't quit. Uh, there was, uh, eternal life is, is absolutely promised, and so if you quit, uh, this is implying, in other words, it means that you will not inherit what was promised, uh, you know, um, so he says this, since he who is promised is faithful, uh, you do your part because there is a prize waiting for you at the end, um. That, that gift of eternal life and you know and you receive the down payment of it but the promise of the rest of the payment is is there and so uh, those who uh, hold the calvinism would say that um, a, a true christian wouldn't waver so there you have it um, and so with us we would just say that you have the ability to quit um, and you shouldn't um, because otherwise, you're not going to get the promised reward. Um, and let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works. Listen, those of you who like to check, turn in, tune into these, Annette, Glenn, uh, for those of you who are paying attention to these videos, we're provoking you to good works and to love. Uh, good works and to love. You can do it. You can do some good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is something that uh, often convicts me because, um, you know, we have a small church. We gather in person less than we used to, but the reason was because we were having trouble with finding a place to meet. And so, uh, i I want to gather more and not less uh, and I think um, one of the this the simplest reasons for what I I would say especially during the shutdown um, I think people responded more out of fear uh, than obedience I'm not saying that you should put people in danger um, but uh, I, I do think that there is um, A good argument to be made to say that Christians, um, it's important for us to gather, um, and we should not neglect that. Uh, In one of the things that you saw because of COVID in the United States, at least, is people started to neglect gathering together, and there are a lot of people who have never, uh, who have not returned to the church, and that's that's not a good thing. They've not. Returned to gathering together with other believers. Um, so he goes directly then. Well, let's, let's focus on this part. You see the day approaching. Uh, look, We should all be able to see that we are closer to Jesus' return. Uh, I'm hoping that, that that is something that uh, you look forward to. For if we deliberately go on sinning after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for the for sins, but a terrifying expectation of judgment and the fury of a fire about to consume the adversaries. So this the author of Hebrews here, according to this is is saying um, that if the person that deliberately goes on sinning after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins Uh, so for those of us who are not calvinists we would say that this is a way that you if you choose to continue sinning when you know you shouldn't you have a knowledge of the truth you choose to deliberately continue in that lifestyle uh, you do not repent then therefore uh, you uh, are in a position to where there no longer remains a sacrifice for that sin um, and that there should be, and there is, a terrifying expectation of judgment on the fury and the and the fury of a fire about to consume the adversary. So now, uh, this is somebody who has a knowledge of the truth. So, like, it would be my my position. Um, I I would say it's the position of the missionary church that would say uh, that we believe that this is somebody who's come to the knowledge of the truth, that this is somebody who has been, in fact, saved. Uh, And that uh, this is somebody who has professed Christ, this is somebody who claims Christ, who continues to sin, who hopefully has gone through uh, the Matthew 18 church discipline, and this is somebody then who has been kicked out of the church, uh, has been reprimanded, has been handed over to Satan, This is somebody who uh, then has chosen to just not repent. Um, And they are now in danger um, of the fury of a fire. In other words, Uh, anyone who disregarded the law of Moses died without mercy based on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think one will deserve who has trampled on the Son of God Who has regarded as profane the blood of the covenant which was sanctified by which he was sanctified and who has insulted the spirit of grace Uh, i think that this is referring to this is this is my opinion i've never heard anybody teach this so i don't know uh, how verifiable this is but this to me sounds like when jesus was talking about the blasphemy of the holy spirit the spirit of grace that you have insulted the spirit of grace by having been enlightened like verse uh, chapter six kind of refers to in this case you have a full knowledge or a knowledge of the truth sorry i want to make sure that i'm saying exactly what it says because i know somebody's going to argue with me um and argue away he's saying how much worse is it going to be if, if moses under that covenant people died without mercy how much Less mercy are they going to have when they commit this particular um, sin. Profaning the blood. Uh, There is a little um, asterisk there. And it's saying to make ordinary the blood of the covenant. This is so interesting because it's like you're basically just, this is somebody who's who's treating Jesus' blood as if it's just another man. That is profaning the blood of the covenant. Uh, for we know that the one who has said, vengeance belongs to me, I will repay again. The Lord will judge his people. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Listen, if there's anything that I want to convey to you. I, I recently was talking to somebody who is concerned about fire and brimstone. This is a fire and brimstone chapter. There's no ifs, ands, or ways about it. Uh, If you're a Calvinist, your reprimand would be this, get saved. Uh, If you're not a Calvinist, then your reprimand would be this, don't profane Jesus' blood. Uh, Hold on to the the confession. Hold on to that knowledge and don't waver. uh, Because the Lord will avenge. Uh, he will judge his people it is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God remember the earlier days uh, after you had been enlightened now this to me um, is another way or another clue that he's talking to people who have been saved these are people who have who are professing Christ Uh, you endured a hard struggle with suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to taunts and afflictions, and to other times you were companions of those who were treated that way. For you sympathized with prisoners and accepted with joy the confiscation of your possessions because you know that you yourselves have a better and enduring possession. This is part of the reason why I think that this is talking to people who are saved is because he's saying that these are people who know that they have a better and enduring possession. Like, if they're not saved yet, then this isn't something that they would know. They might know that it's available, but this isn't something that they would know. Um, and so, uh, he says this, so don't throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. You have to have confidence in the first place in order to throw it away, um, that, uh, based on the way that I understand it. Uh, And so, um, yeah, don't throw away your confidence for you need endurance so that you, after you have done God's will, you may receive what was promised. Listen, if you don't waver, you absolutely can have assurance. If you are saved, you can have assurance, but you have to recognize that you cannot live a lifestyle of practicing sin. You can't live a lifestyle that profanes or treats Jesus' blood that he sacrificed for you on the cross as ordinary. Uh, for yet in a very little while if the coming one will come and not delay, uh, the righteous one will live by faith and if he draws back, I have no pleasure in him. Listen, this is another thing that to me, would be evidence to say, um, I don't think that this is what Calvinism teaches. Um, this is somebody who is righteous, who would draw back, uh, <laughs> and then if he draws back, the Lord has no pleasure in him. Um, but if we, but we are not those who draw back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and are saved. So this is an encouragement to you. Uh, but we are not those who draw back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and are saved. Um, Listen, uh, that's not who you are. You're not a quitter. Uh, I encourage you, don't quit. You're not a waver. Don't waver. If you sin, repent. Uh, Move on. Don't continue doing that. That's not who you are anymore. Uh, And I would encourage you uh, to To continue to live a lifestyle of repentance, continue uh, to live a life of conforming to uh, the law that was written on your heart upon your being born again. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, this is a, a wonderful thing that, that I get to do, on, and I'm so thankful that you guys join us for this. If you haven't done so already, please go ahead and uh, subscribe to the channel. Click the little bell, and you'll be notified whenever... A video or a podcast is available. Also, if you click the link in the description below, you can support this channel. Thank you so much for joining us today. Peace out, Girl Scouts.